everyone. Welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Ben Clark is back as usual. Hard to get rid of is Mr. Clark. Uh, but we've got a special guest this week, Mr. Graham Bell, multiple Olympian and Ski Sunday host, but now turning hand to something else, which we will uh, find out shortly. But we're going to take a look back at what was a mega weekend of racing. Six completed downhills and Super G races across from Lake Louise and Beaver Creek, and there's plenty of us to discuss. Uh, Ormot Kilder is back, and he is back in some form, but Marco Odomat probably with the run of his career. But the big talking point has got to be Sophia Goggia doing the triple in Lake Louise. Uh, so, gentlemen, what? Let's start with you, Graham. Welcome. What have you been up to recently? You've branched out into a slightly new venture, haven't you? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess um, during lockdown... I actually, I actually finally got around to doing my uh, personal trainer qualification. So um, I did that kind of towards the end of last season. Couldn't go skiing. Uh, couldn't get out. Just finished with my skating business. And uh, yeah, I did my personal training qualification. And then um, was kind of like looking around to, for what to do with it um, because I couldn't really kind of take on clients you know, because I'm traveling so much. Yeah. I wanted to do it kind of online, uh, but also wanted to do uh, something that I could basically, you know, like a ski coaching app. So uh, we, we created Perfect Turns, um, me together with a friend of mine, Ben Hargreaves, and um, a PT uh, who's also a skier and a ski instructor, Sam Lynch. And yeah, we've created a, a basically it's an, uh, it's a, um, virtual ski fitness and ski coaching app and aspirationally titled perfect turns so people get in touch and you can train yeah so you go yeah go on the website uh you can kind of choose a package you can choose whether you want to um to you know to, to basically train to get fit before you go skiing um also as part of that you can send in videos of yourself skiing um, for analysis. And then we've got uh, ski drills that we've filmed that we can then send back to you to say, okay, try this. This is going to, you know, this is oh, going nice. to improve this area of technique. I think, um, uh, actually- I think I'm going to need, I'm going to need something like that. It's been so long since I've put skis on. <laughs> <laughs> My body's going to have forgotten what muscles I'm supposed to be using when. Well, we met, we were lucky. We went out in October. We went out to Zermatt in October. And so I've had my skiing, I've had a little bit of skiing uh, already this season um, and I was hoping to get out in December, but that looking like it's less likely now after Omicron. Oh, <laughs> like something out of, a, out of a Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, ben, what about you? When was the last time you went skiing? Uh, I think January 2020 was maybe the last time. I'm absolutely dreading the end of the first day I've had skis back on because all kinds of muscles are going to be hurting like you said Ed you're going to have forgotten how to do it but then the end of that first day or the morning of the second day is going to be a very stiff one I know you end up aching as much as it is anyway let alone when you've not done it for like 18 months or something it's going to be pretty uh yeah painful so yeah sounds like a great idea Graham, because yeah, of people are going to be in the same boat that's the whole idea yeah um but let's talk about some of this racing that we we did manage to get up uh, Beaver Creek will kick off with, and it was absolutely, it was mega looking conditions, but actually I think it was pretty tricky underfoot, wasn't it? There's zero snow apart from the race line. looks like the organisers did really, really well to actually have enough snow for them to legally run the racing. But it was uh, Marco Odomat who absolutely smashed that first race, uh, 0.78 in front of Matthias Meyer. And then it was a surprise podium. It looked like that it was going to be Andy Sander of Germany taking his first podium of his career, um, having, you know, they do at the end of the uh, top 30, they do that sort mm-hmm. of w- presentation with the camera where they're all sort of hugging each other, celebrating at the finish. And then uh, um, Broderick of Canada decided <laughs> that he wanted to spoil the party and nicked in and, and took third place in front of uh, Sander by only three hundredths of a second. Well, yeah, well. yeah, it was a great race. Uh, I actually predicted Odomat, just going to point that out. Yeah, um, yeah. Odomat has won on that track before. That was his first, home of his first uh, World Cup win, I think, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So he likes the track. Uh, it is very much, it's a Super G where you've got to have great GS skills. I mean, it's a Super G where Hirsch won. Uh, Hirsch has won on that hill. 
and it's GS gears, super G. I mean, you've raced it. I raced it yeah. when it wasn't a course for me, certainly not a course in super G because those first, was it, I don't know, it's about eight, 12 turns um, are just brutally steep. Yeah. And unless you're completely on it for those first, that first, I don't know, that section before you go around pump house, uh, you're just never going to make that time back up. And not only are you not going to make the time back up, you come out onto that kind of medium, flat, medium steep section as you go towards, uh, is it what, Screech Owl? Uh, yeah. I forget the name Basket, of all the birds. Basket. Yeah, there's so many different names. And actually, I think they're, yeah. they're different. Too many birds. <laughs> Too many birds of prey. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, as you go towards that little roller, and it is just a roller. It's not really a jump. Um, but they always managed to set it quite tricky over there. Yeah, into that and, flat. Uh, yeah, I mean, it took out, it took out Paris, didn't it? Did you see, <laughs> did you see the state of his helmet? Did have you, if, he, <laughs> he took? Um, for those of you that didn't see it, he uh, he made a bit of a meal of that that opening. I think it's about the fourth gate, wasn't it? That uh, um, compression, and he shinned he basically shinned one of them and then as if that wasn't warning enough he comes into the turn that you're talking about graham and just laid it on really hard way too early and basically skewed straight through it shinned it and and the and the gate has left just obliterated like the middle of his helmet and it's all shattered and cracked yeah, yeah. cracked and looked pretty brutal looked yeah pretty brutal. Well, that 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 race got off to quite a start because matthew Bailey ended up riding the nets and he was number bailing, one didn't he bailing into the nets yeah it just <laughs> was just like a hip skid but then he nearly went over the top of the nets it was like reminiscent of, of herman meyer in, in nagano uh but there were a few people were struggling to get to grips i think five of the top 15 uh came out including like you said said paris but uh bauman franz and kilder also made it out which kind of goes a, a bit with what graham was saying is you know those, those guys that are the out and out kind of downhill pure speed guys really really struggled with that that top well, set killed killed was the exception wasn't it Kilda, i think Kilda had the setup wrong you know he was wet on a way to an aggressive setup and it looked like he couldn't control the power that he was and the arc that he was getting he mm. just had too much uh you know of an aggressive setup i mean the snow definitely looked soapy it was that kind of that super warm colorado conditions but it's so dry that in any other if that had been the alps it would have been slushy and you wouldn't have been able to hold the race at all and they'd be chucking salt down but because it's so high um you can get these super warm conditions in colorado but the snow just seems to just dry out the, the moisture just kind of just disappears from the snow uh, but it does feel kind of soapy and dead. I think we were talking about dead snow. Yeah, the, the um, Norwegians seem to have coined a bit of a phrase there with this dead snow, and we're all we're all, you know, drinking from the Kool Aid now, talking about this uh, dead snow. But it did look. It wasn't, you know, when you go to Beaver Creek, you think about this really grippy, bulletproof snow surface, which is probably was one of my most favourite snow surfaces to yeah. stick on. And actually, yeah. when you saw these guys in those first sort of five or six push out the gate, you're like. Oh my word! This is going to be a nightmare. The Norwegian. It was the Norwegian that set. It was really interesting. I did, it didn't look very rhythmical at the top, and then there was that weird sort of shimmy gate that caught out a, a lot of guys before we just talk about that before that flat section. It was quite odd, but um, it certainly made it entertaining. But Odomat, I mean, that's got to be one of the best runs of his career, hasn't it? Yeah, I love that. There was one transition that he did where he was just kind of like he timed it to perfection. There was a kind of roller. And he popped through and he changed his edges in the air. And as he landed, he just went bang onto the right foot and it was a dive just, down. Confidence. Kind of like six gates in. That, he looks so confident anytime he puts his skis on. Yeah. No, he's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one for the overall World Cup because uh, you've got Pantero, you've got Odomat and Kilda. And I just, you know, hope they all stay healthy and all stay skiing fast. And it should be really, really exciting to watch them all battle it out in that kind of, uh, you know, um, in that downhill through to GS. And then with Pantero being able to maybe grab a few points in slalom as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, ben, what did you make of the scenes with uh, Broderick Thompson? It was brilliant. I felt I did feel a little bad for... Uh... Andy Sander, though, yeah, thinking, you know, I, oh, as great as it was for, for uh, 
of Brody to have that have that result, and especially like you said, that it's it always a bit weird when you get to the end of the top thirty, and they're like, and that's whether you're watching on telly, and they're like, that's the end of the coverage, and you have to switch over to the app to keep watching people, or uh, or you're kind of at the event, and they do the mini presentation, um, and and everyone thinks that's that's the result. But I mean, it is it was a, it was a huge run. He's been around for a while, Brady, but we've never really seen kind of results like that. Obviously, no. with it being his first one, but it was it was a fantastic performance, and there there was a little spell where it did look like it was speeding up for some of those higher numbers. And it, it, I guess this is what we've been talking about for a while now. You you want this to be a possibility. You don't want it to be entirely starting late means you get a podium, but you want people starting later to be able to challenge. Yeah, and, and that was one, exciting. Yeah, it's one of those things that sort of one person starts to do it, and all of a sudden the belief heads right back up to the top, and all and you just have. And, you know, when Brody did that, when Thompson did that, he just, you know, then you got Marsaglia going in there from another high bib number. You had uh, a bunch of those guys, all the, like Graham's saying, that sort of GS Super G skiers, they all just absolutely sort of seemed to knife it and just had that confidence on that undulating terrain to actually really take take it to take it to the fight to them. Uh, Pantro was sixth, Graham, is what you're saying with that. He's picking up some big points in... Uh, in the speed race is going to be important yeah. if he's going to keep in, in touch with the overall. But it was it, it was an exciting set. It was a bit of, it was a little odd in the beginning because I think like somebody like Kriegmeier just looked like he was sort of getting through that top section, then looked like he started racing once he'd got across to the yeah. flat, really, didn't yeah. it? Didn't look like he was happy at all. Um might have also been because he was my pick for that super GF. That might have also been what uh, put him <laughs> off at the top. <laughs> yeah, those uh, it certainly put a cat amongst the pigeons for the p- predictions. That was that was for sure. Apart from uh, the top two, anyway. Um, but then it was day song. two. Then it was yeah day two, and it was Kilda who who. Uh, put the hammer down and stopped the Odomat party by three hundredths of a second. Uh, and then Travis Gannon picking up his first ever Super G World Cup podium in third. I think the snow looked a bit better that day, but it was nice to see that Kilda, I don't know, Kilda's obviously DNF'd. Um, he DNF'd in Lake Louise, didn't he? That one race that we had there. And he also then didn't start in Solden. So he's obviously got over whatever nickels he had at the beginning of the season because, man, does he look like he is there for, you know, proper business. Yeah, he's certainly come back um, with, you know, with a bang from uh, from the injury last year. And uh, it's good to have him back. Um yeah, because there were so many injured last year, wasn't there? Um, the one we haven't got back is uh, Cavietzel. Yeah, that's it's strange. Yet. It's tough, that, isn't it? Because you still problems. talk about these concussion stuff, isn't it? Can't so, bend down to do his boots up without feeling sick. And yeah, that's not great. And where did he do that again? Where was that he? In Garmisch, I think. Was it I know, Garmisch? Was it? Yeah, I think it was Garmisch. That's a good memory if you've might, got that off the top of your head. Might be wrong. Um, there was a lot of them injured in Garmisch. I think Kilda was injured... Uh, in training in Garmisch, before Garmisch, yeah, so it was all yeah, that. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't actually in a in a, an official training run. It was part of the, yeah. It's not something we talk about hugely, is it? The con- well, certainly not concussion that lasts this long. I mean, if you talk about knee injuries and back injuries and God knows what sort of actual sort of tangible broken. Well, yeah, I mean, it is though. That's the thing. It's part of it. I mean, there's been quite a few, uh, quite a few. Uh, traumatic head injuries in 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 downhill but uh you know they've had made the helmets they, they did make the helmets uh, uh better and and stronger and you know with a higher impact um so think, it's, it's important but i think they're you know, talking about this new technology aren't they to to sort of keep an eye on that that sort of putting data a bit like i think it's american football helmets put in these sort of concussion like vibrations right. uh, check things. And I think that not, I mean, it's not coming yet, but I think it's something that's on the horizon in ski racing where they're able to sort of look at the forces involved and actually be able to try and keep on top of head injuries a bit better. Cause I mean, we are, as, as we all know, and the ski, ski racing is on the limit and there's not an awful lot of protection that you can have when you're racing. But yeah. uh, well, if you want to see the figures, you go on to the, the Oslo uh, university runner, runner kind of injury tracking for, uh, for the international ski federation for, uh, I think it's world cup and Europa cup competition right across all of the disciplines. And, you know, it's actually freestyle 
that has the, the by far the largest proportion of head injuries, um, slope style skiing and snowboarding. Is it um, in freestyle? Yeah. Speed cross picks up a few of those as well, to be fair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, actually, yeah, in, 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 in Alpine, it's, it's mainly still knees and uh and bizarrely a large proportion of those you know not bizarrely but that's the way it happens um the races don't even fall you know you'll have uh many situations where um knees are torn acls are torn and the ski racer will either just pull up and stop or in uh in some situations actually carry on skiing right down to the finish and then you know oh my knee's gone and uh and that's another six months gone into rehab. Isn't uh, Yanzra there talk about him having knee injuries after his, that was day one, actually. Was it Yanzra's crash day one or was it day two? Day two. Uh, Yanzra crashed day two. Yeah, so he, uh, talking about that, because that, that, that was a seriously heavy hit, wasn't it? And then, um, but he skied down and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, good, that's, uh, you know, it's, looks great. Hopefully he's just banged up. But then news coming out of it that... Pr- the uh, preliminary tests look like he's probably done his knee and he's got to go back to, if they're going to yeah. go back to Oslo. Or was it said that time after Kitzbühel, you can't walk off a torn ACL. <laughs> I <think> probably true. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was worried watching that crash that that was, that was quite bad. I thought that it, the way that it looked like his ski stayed on and hit the nets. Around, and, yeah, 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 I thought that, I thought immediately that was a knee thing and you, when you know it's like when you when you crash obviously i've never crashed at the speed these guys are going but you've got so much adrenaline going through your body that you like it, nothing hurts yet and you, you have to wait a little bit for the pain to settle in and then you're like okay yeah i've definitely hurt myself now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but i i mean again we talked about it last week people's seasons being over it just it sucks for youngsterhood obviously you know it's an olympic you really hope it's something that isn't a kind of shredded knee and, and he can come back in time for uh, for February, because that's that's really not what you want in, in this kind of year, especially because he's getting on a bit as well. Well, he talk, he's um, already spoken about hanging up. He was talking about hanging up his boots, wasn't he, at the end of this season? And then, mm. you know, with this now, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, I, I doubt it'd be the very last time, but it may be the last time we see him competitively racing if he does, if, if you know, if his knee injury is bad and as bad as it could be, and and then obviously doesn't race the Olympics. If he doesn't race the Olympics, I, he won't come back this season, and then he'll probably do some sort of swan song you know next this year maybe next year but that could be the last time we see Yandra properly going fast which would be which would be a right shame terrible shame um but on a on a more positive note for Ganong picking up his first super g podium it was uh, because he went down did he go down one he went down right at the beginning didn't he uh so he was it was pretty early yeah i think it was so it's one of those where you're not exactly sure how quick he's gone i mean he didn't look like he knew how quick he'd gone either and then all of a sudden nobody was getting close and (laughs) all you're kind of thinking that um you know another american sort of drawing on the american crowd and how they they tend to do it don't they yeah i mean he was first to finish because i think bauman started one and then went out Mm -hmm. that was what yeah yeah, that so ganon was the first one into the finish and it was and also it was a lot slower i think the course was a couple of couple of seconds slower than the day before so you come down and say well yesterday's winning time was what you know uh i know 108 or something and you're down in the 110 you're like not even, <laughs> no, no idea <laughs> could be a bad one um but yeah it was uh it was i think the snow looked better so it didn't seem to have quite as sort of that sugary top layer that we talked about earlier on did we at the, at the top sort of third yeah. Um, but Odemap very, very nearly made it two from two at that point. But Kilda just sort of seemed to have that muscle and have that fight towards those last yeah, few times. Yeah, Odemap had a couple of little mistakes. Uh, yeah. It wasn't quite so clean um, on that second day. But no, it was still great racing. It was fantastic to watch. Great crowd, great atmosphere. T shirts on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one of the big surprises for me on that second day was uh, I, I didn't even expect to see him racing. I'd, I'd seen the posts from social media that he was putting the longboards on, but uh, Matthew Favre going from 40th into 15th um, on that second series. I mean, I know he prefers the slightly longer boards in the GS that they kind of made a bit of a deal of last year when he had his 
hit of form just before the world champs and he got his mm. got his wins in then but yeah starting starting out in the in the 40s and, and getting into that top 15 is a a really solid result from him so I'd be quite intrigued to see what he could do in some more speed events later in the year but it might be he's that... not going to do that if they ever in a, if they have a super G down Kitsville that's for sure <laughs> do you, do I you, would wager do you think that's season. him do you think that's him looking to sort of branch out and take the Super G properly seriously, or is that just a sort of a, a bit of an add-on, a bit of a helping hand to his GS? I think it's probably more the the latter. I don't. Oh yeah. I mean, we we don't see many just GS gears, do we? I mean, Bladoni was was probably one. Um, a cut, like who only who just ski GS? Who just? Yeah. You don't really get that people doing that anymore. No. So I mean, I guess there's yeah, not many races on the calendar if you just do one World Cup discipline i know tell dave that <laughs> <laughs> but it's Sorry, interesting but the, the sl- even slalom skiers have started to do it you know clement noel daniel yule those guys are all strapping on gskis now aren't they i mean yeah. dave dave's like 45 years old so he's probably better at it. he doesn't do it <laughs> I'm sorry. No, he looks 45 years old. No, he's actually still 35. Actually, it was his birthday. I say happy birthday, Dave. Um, but yeah, so, sorry, sorry about Dave Bashan. You've got to got to get it in while you can, just because I'm jealous of how fast he is. Um, but then let's talk about downhill, which was the third day. It's supposed to be two downhills. The second downhill got cancelled due to high winds, and it was absolutely ripping through there. So definitely, the the sort of um, best decision was to knock that one on the head because it's it's a tough enough downhill as it is without having to do 70 80 mile an hour wins but it was the return of the big boys wasn't it ready for the speed specials maya foyts paris were all looking at those guys for the for the uh the podiums but it was kilda who managed to pick up where he left off in the day before took the win by 0.66 in front of in front of matthias maya who looks like he's consistent is it looks his consistency looks insane uh, and then foyts uncharacteristically slow at the top really slow at the top and then sort of gradually or is it uncharacteristically? Because he always looks like he's, he's chilling out. Terrible start. <laughs> has got a terrible start. Probably because he, he has really, to work yeah, out. He, You know, honestly, I, I, I don't want to. You know, I reckon I could probably beat him over ten meters. You know, <laughs> on a flat start, he really does not get going quickly. I mean, when he won the world championships in Saint Moritz, um, they'd moved the start down. They didn't. They go from the top. They didn't go down. Was it free fall? Yeah. And he started low, and he. I think he even kicked the wand open. He was. It was that bad a start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, some of the course slippers going to beat him over the first 10, 10 meters. Yeah, because he was. He was really really far off you look at the intermediate splits guys go on the fizz website and you can um, if you click on the results and then you go to you can download if you're that nausy about it you can download some of the files and you can see how slow he was on the top but he was it, it wasn't it wasn't quick but then he just motored just classic foits just cruising on looks like he's cruising and all of a sudden he's just hammering the bottom section well, and, yeah, uh, but he had that problem on uh, so on Talon or just coming out of Talon. He had both hands on the ground, which is kind of unusual for Voigt's. He lost a bit of loss of balance. Um, but then, yeah, the lower sections absolutely nailed it. And they've got that new graphic now on the, on the, the right-hand side of the screen, yeah. uh, which immediately tells you your split times against... It's against the winner of that split. So if you've come down and you're, you're kind of you've started late... Uh, in the speed events, you can see immediately where you are on those splits. I mean, that is, you know, ultimately, um, and it looks a bit odd because sometimes you'll see someone's kind of like half a second down there, half a second down there, but they're only kind of three tenths off at the finish. Um, they're against they're against the winners' times of those split times. Yeah, the quickest, so the quickest they, yeah, doesn't have to, not necessarily the the leaders' times. Mm. So uh, I don't think anyone has really explained that yet on uh, on telly that I've listened to. But there we go, just little thing. Maybe it could be done. <laughs> I'm not on Next. telly for a little while, so I'll, just, I'll do it then. I'll do it then. I'm on downhill training for Val Gardena, so there's plenty of time to talk about stuff there. Yeah, there yeah. perfect. Uh, ben, what did you what did you make of seeing uh, downhill action? Proper downhill action. It was great. Uh, I like the the like, obviously the Sunday uh, Sunday event was was uh, washed out with the with the wind, but it was good to see some nice conditions and just seeing people going that fast. 
it's awesome. I know I generally take shots at the at the speed events, but I love seeing people going fast. Um, and it's game Lake Louise isn't proper downhill. Um, it's not. Fairly... It's not dangerous downhill, though, is it, Graham? So, Gra- Graham, you you like the dangerous downhills. You can't think yeah. that Lake Louise is dangerous. It's not dangerous downhill, is it? It's not. No, you're right. Birds of the play. discussion. Birds of play. Proper downhill. I think the discussion we had last week was about why why are they building up? Are there not better mountains already that you can do if you have to build the jumps in? Um, but I, I'm, it was it was brilliant. Uh, I kind of wanted to see. I, I mean, I know it was he was not particularly far off the podium, but a tiny bit more from Brian Cockman Siegel. I was I was really hoping to see him make that kind of push. I, I guess he is on the comeback from injury as well from yeah, last year. But I was I was I was kind of I was kind of hoping he could get a, a a podium on on home snow just to really kind of whip the whip the fans into a frenzy. Graham, what what do you make of his decision to switch equipment last summer going into an Olympic season? Mm. Well, he's gone to the big brand, hasn't he? You yeah. know, but they they are they do ski very differently. I mean, I don't know if they ski differently now. I mean, from 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 all accounts, um, they always used to. I mean, you couldn't go any different from from Rosignol to Head. You know, really, yeah. Um, in the in the way that the kind of ski kind of feels, but I don't know. I mean, he's maybe going to take a while to uh, to to adjust and to get used to that. I saw, I thought I think it's um talks about on commentary that I think it's actually a bit of a I think it's bold it's a really bold decision when you're really quick on a brand which he was last year on the Rosies and then to switch to a new brand and get used to a new brand especially when you're not down in South America you're not down in New Zealand where you really mm. get the speed miles up and with the Olympics in Feb, beginning of Feb you've got most of December and then and January racing. So you probably only got, when were they opening copper? Probably early November. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty so early. You probably got like two, two, three months maybe to, to get to grips with and have to get to grips with it quickly coming off the back of an injury. Yeah. Um, it's, but you can't, you can't, you can't basically plan a season around the Olympic games, especially not when you've got, you know, the, the downhill in Beijing is, you know, an unknown, and it's for, by all accounts, it's not a particularly. It's kind of like the the, the downhill in Pyeongchang. It's not going to be particularly tough downhill. Mm. Um, they're going to obviously try and build it up and make it as tough as they possibly can. But it's the, the, those are hills, you know, over yeah. there. It's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be a kind of you know, like the the, the race in Cortina at the World Championships last yeah. year. It's not not going to be a course like that at all. And so you can't really kind of, you know, plan anything around that one race. No, and plus no. there's going to be a whole lot of wind about. It's like it's got that same wind issue as, as, uh, as Pyeongchang with the Arctic wind blowing. So I, I think he just thought, right, OK, well, now's the time to do it. If I'm going to do it, then, you know, it's probably now that there's more of the time in, in his career rather than saying, OK, it's Olympic year. Yeah, no, no, it's a fair point. I just think it's, I just think it's, bra- it's really brave. It's really brave to do it now because I think it's, it's probably one of the most difficult times to switch onto a brand new ski when you've got limited training time and uh, and. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I guess. But it's, I hope it pays off because I, lo- I actually, it's really nice to see an American back back fighting for the top. It's nice to see another nation in there, and it's nice to see a, a different name. And he was just getting up to speed, wasn't he? And then, then his um that neck injury for world was it world it was world champs wasn't it before i make an idiot myself but i think um yes it was brave ben thoughts on that one change kit whenever you want i'm not that fussy it was never that expert so mine was whatever <laughs> all I right fine get, what, all right next then i was whatever i could get a deal on that season was what uh, my manufacturer was unsurprisingly <laughs> Yeah. Never got to be that particular, as you may have noticed from our discussions about Christopherson's kit complaints. I'm no, very yeah. much of a just get on with it and ski on what you got, go faster. What's going to be what's going to be interesting for me is so talking of Olympics is going to be kind of Olympic selection of the Austrian team is always a good discussion point, and uh, you know Swiss team for the downhill as well. It's great to see Niels Hinterman getting in the top ten. Um, I don't. I'm not actually had a full look at their selection policies and what you need to do to uh to kind of you know how what kind of point system they've got of uh of deciding who goes it's got to be that those guys 
those big the big nations will be looking at every, at every race, won't they? You can't afford to put a foot wrong, I don't think, that because that that could be it. Yeah, but I think a podium kind of trumps anything else. If you get a podium, then that's maybe you're, you're going. Um, if you get, I don't know, top what 10. That, does that yeah. mean that uh, Hirschbill's going? Does that count? Who knows? Yeah. No, probably not. No. <laughs> no, great, great. Although there's a team event, you know, so they might be looking towards that. I mean, who knows? It's good. It will be interesting, though. It's always a good... Um, it's always a tough one for those guys because somebody, somebody really quick is going to miss out. Really quick is going to miss mm. out. But Ben, I see you managed to pick up some points in the predictions league. Did you know? Barely. That? Yeah. The, the day the, the day I got uh, the day I got Odomap, the day he just got pipped uh, in, <laughs> to the to the first place uh, in the uh, was it the second super G I had Odomap. So I got I got a couple of points or three points I think it was. So yeah, I, I, think, I, got I think that was it for the first one, and then I put Kilda down to win the second downhill. I, I, I had him down to win the fourth race and he goes you, and wins Are you going to do a Marcel on me and, and claim that that was not the right race? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Dodgier down for the women's. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so that basically does that count for all of them? Y- yeah. But I think, Graham, I'm just, I'm just scrolling because you haven't, you, it's your first entry into the, into the league this week. And I think you've, you went straight above Ben. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't take a huge amount to get a lot more points than me. I think just picking Godger on one day would probably get you in front of me. <laughs> Let alone all three. No, 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 Ben, don't do yourself down. You've got 11 points in total, mate. Oh, wow. Graham, way more than I thought I had. <laughs> Graham's got 14. Um, but uh, the leader is Phoebe2019 with 43 points, then GB Ski with 42, and then joint third is Javana uh, and Martin K, both with 41. The big winner of the weekend, most points scored, was GB Ski. He managed to pick he picked double Godgia for the downhills, then Goot, then double Odomat, and then Maya. So that was, uh, that was the way to pick the best... Uh, nice the biggest points marcel annoyingly got more points than me so he's been on my he's been blowing up my phone for the last like three days telling me that he's uh that he's coming so i'll believe that when i see it but yeah there's plenty plenty of racing still to go we've had loads of new entries as well so we've got best part 170 people playing now but there's still plenty of races going on if you can pick up you know weekends like that where you can pick up 40 points definitely helpful Definitely helpful. Ben, there's chance for you yet, mate. <laughs> this is how I started last year. Uh, I think it's how you it finished didn't get any better. Well. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <laughs> I had like three good weekends in the middle where I thought I was going to make a really big charge and then got terrible again. Um, so women's, we're on to the women's. They were in Lake Louise and it was, it's all about Sophia Godger, isn't it? She managed to win all three races. It's the last, the last time that it was a clean sweep was Lindsay Vaughn. That was seven years ago. Uh, so nobody's done it since the great Lindsay Vaughn, Sophia Godger filling some big shoes. United States claimed two second places with uh, Johnson picking up both um, downhill second places. Uh, and it was a proper, proper annihilation of the field, though. Race one, Godger took Johnson by nearly one and a half seconds with Puchner in third. Second downhill, Godger Johnson again, but then uh, Corinne Souter managed to get herself onto the podium, eking closer to Godger, but still nearly a second behind. And then the Super G, Godger was behind all the way until that final split. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. She managed to finish in front of Lara Gutbarami by 11 hundredths with uh, Puchner claiming her second, third place of the... Uh, little race series there so it was properly good racing looked tough the, the light wasn't the best was it the conditions weren't the best over in late louise but sophia godger absolutely head and shoulders amongst above above excuse me the rest and she won that race basically in the the first two split times as well i mean even before she got to coach's corner she was well over like a second ahead i mean it was just ridiculous there was just this one little section you come down and and just carrying so much more speed, whether it was just like, I don't know, fast skis on the top or whether she was just committed to a more direct line. I think it's probably a bit of both. Um, I'm not sure if there was any wind about it. I don't think so, but she was absolutely so far ahead on those first couple of splits. It was just ridiculous. Oh, just in- absolutely incredible. I mean, we've talked about Gorgia a bunch of times, but she is absolutely fearless and sometimes to her own detriment, which is why she picks up so many injuries. But, I mean, the, the rest of the field were 
quite close together. They were just miles behind Goggia on that on that first day. I think the next ten or twelve people were within a second of each other. Just no one could get close to her, and it, it is amazing to watch her ski because you've always kind of got your heart in your mouth because you're never quite sure how much of a you know aggressive line she's going to take, and if she takes it, can she hold on to the speed she gets out the out the other side of it? But I think probably the biggest surprise for me on that first day was was probably the the lack of speed from from Schiffer. And we didn't really talk about it last week with Marcel because we weren't sure which races she was going to do. And obviously because she's not done much speed in the last couple of years, she was starting 31. And I, I don't know why part of me just expected she'd just roll up into a podium position or there. Well, she has won there, hasn't she? She's won downhill there and Super G there before. Yeah, but it was, it was. I think we saw by the end of the weekend, she started to get her, her feel back for the for the longer skis and, and the high speed turns. But it was just a bit of a surprise just because we expect so much of her that she didn't just stroll into the, the top few positions. Yeah, she was 26. I reckon, yeah, it was Schifrin. She didn't, have a, she didn't have a downhill boot set up properly. There was something wrong there with the with, with downhill setup because there was certainly nothing wrong with her Super G skiing. So, you know, what was... so what? And she wouldn't have been skiing on slow skis. They'll, they, you know, she's got enough of a enough of a kind of uh, batch, a quiver of, of, of downhill skis to, to pick from. Um, and, you know, the serviceman must have known what they were doing to, to in order to put the, the, the fast skis on her for the Super G. So why wasn't she quick in the downhill? You know, and then... It's not know, bravery, is it? She's, she's... No, it wasn't bravery. She was trying. She, you know, it was just like she was bemused. And I was like, well, yeah, that's, yeah. Technical skier gets bemused by downhill. <laughs> yeah, the she first was time. <laughs> 26th in race one and then 38th in race two she really wasn't enjoying those downhill turns or she, not no, lack of she, turns. she looked like she did she looked like she was she looked like she was still skiing okay she wasn't making massive mistakes there's nothing that you could point at and say that that's where you lost it yeah. you know you were doing line errors um she didn't look like she was kind of nervous she didn't look like she was skiing in the back seat she looked okay but she was slow and that's the worst you know you know that from racing downhill there's nothing worse than being slow and not being able to explain why you're slow and you just get to the finish and you're just like what well, we what talked. Can I do? We talked about that in Lake Louise. How that's actually really easy in Lake Louise to not know why you're slow <laughs> because there's not loads going on. So you're like, I just want to know what is happening here because no, I'm just not sure why this isn't going right. But she, um, but Godger, in terms of her injuries, I've got a little list of of her of her injuries in her career. So she is win or bust. As a teenager, she tore anterior cruciate ligaments in both knees. She suffered a tibio plateau fracture of her knee, torn ACL on her left knee, fractured fibula bone on her foot, compound radius fracture to her left arm, and only in January, a compound fracture of her right knee. Amazingly, Gotcha still won the uh, downhill title ahead of Corinne Suter despite missing half of the season. So she doesn't seem to let any of that affect her because she still skis without any fear without any regard for for her health her you know preserving a fragile body she's just a hundred percent all out no that's brilliant i love it and you know that kind of race face in the start i think it's all brilliant it's fantastic to watch i mean yeah you scroll through her results and there's really not many in downhill and super g that aren't either a podium or a dnf that, that that's it i mean the the gs is she's a bit further down but the downhills and the super g's it's, it's either a podium or nothing yeah. and it's a, it's a great mentality but you obviously have to have the speed to be able to pull it off because there are other people who might have the same mentality and just just don't have that kind of speed to to make it count the way she does it's a, it's risky isn't it because how do you I mean, but and that's how you have to race if you want to win. But it just seems like she she puts it all on the line all of the time. She could probably turn it down one or two percent and still <laughs> still win uh, some of these speed races because it doesn't look like anybody's going to get close. Johnson obviously looked; she was certainly the most consistent. Um, but in reality, who's? I mean, she, we saw Lara Gut Barami not herself on the downhill ski. She's recovering from what she got. Um, 
bronchitis, chest infection, hasn't she? So she was really struggling with with the fitness side of things and obviously with the strength when you're feeling unwell. So, but nobody was, nobody was even remotely close. So surely it's already, I mean, I know we're only a couple of races in, but it's hers to lose, right? This downhill, nobody's going to make up that sort of difference. Are they this, this point in the season? Uh, it's going to be hard to see, but I mean, obviously in some races she could get beaten. Um, Corinne Suter is not looking bad, you know, not bad form. Um, you know, Couple of the Austrians, Puchner, Siebenhofer, uh, Cornelia Hutter, um, and then the, the the two sisters, the Italian sisters, um, Nadia and uh, Nicole Delago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They looked they looked fast. That could be interesting. But yeah, um, Goggia is just uh, yeah, she's she's another level. She, she is another level. Then yeah, I think I think what words words have you got for anybody anybody trying to make up that sort of gap. <laughs> <laughs> start missing gates out um yeah i mean goggia has gotta be crashing for people to beat her like outright i mean they might pick up the odd you know if if gubrami has a, a you know a perfect day and, and goggia has one of those ones where she lays on the floor halfway down uh, and pops back up yeah lara duke can beat her and maybe if we see Schifrin come back to her absolute best in in speed right? as Graham's pointed out obviously something wasn't right this weekend but she showed in the super g the speeds there um when she when she needs it i'd be interested to see what she looks like at, at full speed in a in, in a month or so's time that would be pretty awesome to watch but you're definitely asking the wrong person for how, how to make up time <laughs> <and downhills. laughs> um next, next women's downhills valdez air isn't it on the okay yeah down on the okay which is obviously bit of a glidey one isn't it so it's not one that you're necessarily going to look for sort of shiffering to to be used that technical side of things no so maybe suitor or some yeah someone else could beat her but i think god you'd be looking pretty good for the okay for valdez air mm. i think it's really difficult to look past her certainly i mean i know it's two races but in those two downhills she was absolutely clear long long gone over the rest of them and then the next women's downhill sauchense <laughs> yeah, which is different end, which is the other end, which is loads of jumps and crazy. And you think that is one that Godja can. Godja's going to smash if he, if she keeps fish and health. Yeah, she's either going to smash it or smash herself. Yeah. So <laughs> again, but um, I've got another question. We've got a question that was written in. Um, what is a good attrition rate for World Cup ski racing? Um, because the men's super G at Beaver Creek had 45 finishes, 14 DNFs with several big names failing to finish. The attrition rate across both days was just over 30%. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, the attrition rate for Killington Slalom was 50%. Was it? Apparently. 50% out on the first run. That's pretty Apparently. good. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you from the, are you from the Kostelich school, Graham? In terms I'm of a, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 50% and... out in a slalom. Yeah, that's about right for me. Um, in a downhill, you know, I don't know. 25% out in a downhill. It's like, you know. Downhill's slightly different though, isn't it? Because it's not crashes. necessarily about depends, the set. It depends, it? Yeah, it depends on the setting. Obviously, uh, Beaver Creek, you're going to get missed gates. Um, Kitzbühel, you very, very rarely miss a gate in Kitzbühel because there are no outside gates. It's <laughs> <laughs> just that one coming across uh, the fall away that you have to get inside before you drop down into that. Uh, the, the, uh, the yeah, but if pressure. you're worried about missing that, you're not actually worried about missing a gate anymore. You're just worried <laughs> yeah. about everything. Yeah, <laughs> everything is flashing in front of your eyes. Worried about that big net coming towards you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah I, don't, I don't know what I'd say. Like a, I, I, I don't know about, do see, do about it as a percentage. Do you want to you, see you sets want to like s- we saw in the first run of the Super G? I, I want to see yeah. the best races in the world challenged. I don't want them to just not have any concerns about they might ski out. You know, it shouldn't. I don't want it to be dangerous for them, but they need to work for it. I mean, they, these are the best people in the world. You want to see why they're so much better than everyone else, which on easy courses yeah. you don't see. Yeah. yeah, Reading a set is part of a skill set, so it's, it's surely part of you know the best in the world some people are better at reading courses i'm sure than others i mean if you ran two or three times down the same course would you get a different winner come run three than than on the first run probably because people aren't as good at reading courses but i don't know i quite like i do like i don't want for me that first set was a little bit too 
that it was odd that opening section didn't flow and it looked like you had to sort of do some sort of random shimmy and sort of almost like a slowdown move to get into the right positioning mm. and i'm not sure i want to see that but i do want them challenged i do want something where they're gonna to have to think and they're not just going to be able to just stick it in autopilot and think only about technique i want them to think about what's coming at them yeah i mean if you're trying to set a, a challenging uh, super g then what you would generally do is if you've got a roller uh you put the gate you put the roller in transition you don't put the gate on the roller hmm. the easier way of setting is to put the, the gates on top of the roller and so then when you when you get to the gate you're effective you know where the four line is you think right okay there's the roller there's the gate i'm going to fly maybe a little bit down so i need to invest a little bit above the roller the much, much harder way of setting is to have the roller in transition. So there's the gate is the other side of the roller. Yeah. So you've got to basically go over the roller, land, and then going to get on your edge yeah, and, and make the gate. So yeah, you can do all of that. You can have it in rhythm, but you just decide where you set the gates for yeah. the terrain. And then that determines how much flow it is and it determines how you know difficult it is. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be necessarily tight to be difficult you know it needs to kind of you know you can have big turns and then there's one turn that's kind of like that's the the, the crux turn mm. no it's def definitely you want something a little bit spicy a little bit spicy um i've got just before we look ahead at what's coming up just to bring you up to date with the overall so the women's event and the overall status obviously sophia Goggia has closed the gap dramatically but it's still michaela schifrin out in front 405 points petra vlahova obviously picked up zero points this weekend 340 and Goggia now with 315 so Goggia, obviously with those 300 points she just picked up in late louise has now closed the gap slightly on schifrin schifrin probably would have expected slash hope to pick up more points she was sixth in the super g but yeah just uh only scoring a 26th place in the first race of the downhills obviously not necessarily what she would have wanted going into the weekend um but on the men's side marco odomat leads the way unsurprisingly 346 matthias meyer in second with 310 and then killed her 229 after obviously dnfing uh in late louise and then didn't start in uh, Solden uh, Pantero obviously the reigning champ down with 125 points he's in 6th he picked up 6th uh, in the two Super G's so he and obviously we haven't started Slalom yet so it's sort of it's going to be interesting how that gap closes and changes over the next uh, period coming into Christmas because obviously we've got a lot of racing and obviously then Slalom January basically we'll see how Pantero manages to pick up some points there, but it's certainly up for the taking. It's um, Kilda already missing some decent opportunities for points because he was. I wonder whether. I don't know. I wonder whether the overall. You'd think if the overall was the main target, he would have started in Solden, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Or mate? What do you guys think? It's tough to say, isn't it? I guess if it's a nick because he's back injury, wasn't it? His back was niggling him, so he didn't want to start. I think I don't think he had a target as 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 such for but but he's he's now one of the uh he's now one of the talk about ones isn't he for the overall but I don't think he was thinking about that pre-season I mean how can you you're coming back from injury you're not gonna think oh I'm gonna come back from injury and challenge for the overall world cup you know you're just gonna take it one race at a time and see how you go yeah, I mean, I'd probably go ground that. You're just trying to get make sure you're fully fit. And as we've talked about with a lot of races over the years, you, you don't want to come back too early and hurt yourself. Um, you know, the Soldans, that weird kind of island off at the beginning, he, he was probably planning on just waiting to get into those kind of races in North America when the, the season really kicks off uh, mm. for the speed guys. And it looks like it's worked out okay. Like he, he might have got, a, a you know, a top five. In, in Solden, but by the end of the season, provided he kind of stays in stays in one piece, he'll be perfectly happy with with missing that out. That's very true. Uh, have you got anything to add before we move across to what's coming up this weekend? Uh, just yeah, that Lara Gooch should have won that Super G. Just looking at these bit <laughs> times now, she was, it was mega, wasn't it? That thirteenth on the final fourteen seconds, uh, she was leading. Um, yeah, a, 
had a couple of tenths, not even a 1500s yet. She was ahead. And then that big one, big mistake at the end uh, cost her that victory. So I mean, it was great that Goggia won the triple, but uh, Lara Goot's not going anywhere. I think in Super G, she's going to be the one to beat. Yeah, she cost me two points as well. So I'm going to have a, yeah. have a few words, a few words yeah. there on that one, because uh, that's a, a very that's probably the most important thing, and that's what she should be most annoyed about. Yeah, she cost me. I had a, I had her for the win on that. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, we have uh, two Super Gs coming up this weekend for the women in Samaritz. Those are Saturday and Sunday. And the men are racing GS and Slalom on the infamous Fasta Belvard in Val d'Isere. So plenty of uh, racing this weekend. I feel like I know where where we're both all going to want to stick our picks in for this, uh, for the women's <laughs> event in Val d'Isere. But... Oh, Samaritz. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, Amritz. Home, home snow for a certain Swiss. For yeah. a certain Swissy. A certain Swiss ski star. Yeah, Lara Goetz. Um, so, yeah, well, you can't have both of them, Graham. That's not how, <laughs> that's not how this works. Um, you, as, you as the guest can pick, you can pick for race one first. Ben, have you got your pen ready to make sure we, we're getting this down? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah, you, yeah, Lara Goetz. So you're going Goot Barami. Yeah. I am going to go next because then, Ben, you can go first on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go Goggia for the race one. Uh, I'm going to go with Schifrin uh, at that speed on the CPG. Uh, will she, like will a, she even a, race that? She probably she probably won't go and race. <laughs> no, my luck, she won't race. Um, if she if she's not on the start list, I'm changing my pick. There you go. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, all right then, Ben. Are you are you taking uh, Miss Goot Barami for race two? I'm gonna take Godier on day two. A what? <laughs> yeah. Are you are you crazy? She's she just won three races in a row. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true, but yeah. Well, I'm I'm taking Goot then. If you're not having her, Graham, that leaves you. Well, I'm not going Schifrin. Uh, Suter. Suter. What 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 was Suter in the Super G? And oh, it's a different. It's very different. It, but it's different Super G. It's, it's in its home snow. Right. Fair enough. Um, so that leaves. So that basically leaves Marcel with some terrible picks when it's his. This <laughs> 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 um, Right. On to the men's GS. Now, this is absolutely wide open here. Gentlemen, Graham, you you would like to go first on the men's GS, would you? Uh, yeah, would I? Um, oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It is going to be. It is a difficult one. Um, <laughs> um, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Um, do you want to go Pantero? So you're going to go let, Pantero. So you're gonna go Pantero. Okay, yeah. Ben. Uh, who did I? Well, um, I'll say Odomat for, for this one. Okay. Um, oh, that's made it a little bit more tricky. Uh, I'm going to go Fevre then, I think. Yeah, that would be my, that was what I was umming and ahhing about because it's a good hill for him. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's free fall, that piece, basically. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's not pretty watching the world's best down there, and that's how you know how difficult it is because even the best, of the best, look like they're having a bad day, and that doesn't really happen that often. Mm. Um, so on to slalom time. Uh, ben, would you like to kick us off with slalom? I'm never quite sure who's going to be the best on that hill because, like you said, it's it's so brutal. Um, and also, I can't never remember who's fit. Um, I'm going to go uh, with Graham's approach of home snow uh, people, and let's have Clement Clement Noel. I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Graham, we've not seen any of the? We've not seen any of. Yeah, the it's a real. It's a bit of a stab in the dark, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Schwartz is injured, isn't he? Is Schwartz injured? Yes. Yes, he is injured. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is out with some kind of ankle 
um, ligaments yes. damage. Yeah. That he might well be back for. He might be back for Valdez Air, but maybe I think not. That's a long shot, though, wasn't it? I yeah, it was a long were, shot. They were hoping. Those, I can't remember the name of the ligament, but it's a kind of a compression injury in your ski boot. It's kind of you, you kind of push it forward and it traps at the, at the kind of the front of your the front of your ankle. Um, so yeah, on that basis, um, oh, I don't know, Sennheisen. Yeah, and I'm going to go Pantero, I think. Yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Dave, Dave. What, what, what are, what are, we, what are we, with our British, with our very British hats on, what do we make of Dave? Dave's chances here. He is open with saying how much he dislikes this race piece and it hasn't <laughs> yeah. really gone his way before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he gets top 10, I think he'll be happy. I mean, what's his PB on this hill? I've, I'm about to just make a number up, but I think it's 12. <laughs> yeah. Ben, come on, check me out. You're supposed to be <laughs> the stat man here. I was, I was, I was just going to say DNF. Um, <laughs> no, he won't DNF. He, I reckon he'll get a second run. Go yeah, he just, he, he just said that he, he does. Yeah, he just struggles with it. And, and I think with, with Dave... It doesn't. I don't think he likes the the lack of rhythm that you get because the hill's so brutal. It does, like you said, it, it doesn't look nice when people ski down it, and the course might be set rhythmically, but the skiing doesn't look rhythmic when you're watching it. Um, ben, Ben, yeah, you know what? Do you know what his PB is? Is it twelve? It is twelve. DNF. <laughs> Did you like that? Pick, pluck that one out. Thin air. Two thousand fifteen. That was two thousand fifteen. Makes a change. <laughs> well, that was right. Oh, the, the, the one of the ones you dare you. out of thin air was right. Yeah, that's what <laughs> normally doesn't happen. Um, but no, I think I think for Davis, we talked we talked with similar with with what you said with with Charlie and and Alex uh, in in the in on the women's side is when you're used to having those kind of top thirties and second runs of bits and pieces, just get a solid result in at the start of the season. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, and like you said, the, the real task for Davis, you know the slalom January and then into the Olympics and just making sure he's, you know, his back's recovered enough and, and ready to go and can survive however many slaloms he's got to do in that block. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is difficult. because he, he, But he used to say the same thing about um, about Kitzbühel. He never used to like Kitzbühel and then Kitzbühel came along, didn't it? Uh, so mm. he's, it's not exactly out of the realms of possibility. But I think it massively depends on the snow conditions. I think Valdez at the moment has got pretty good snow. So let's hope that the uh, forecast from our meteorologist is, uh, is going to be good and that we should get some, um, some proper racing. But I think for Dave, it's probably more important is that Madonna, um, that little section there, Madonna, and what's the other one that's before Alta Badia? Those ones, those two, because he likes those ones. And I, th- I feel like if he gets good results just there that just sets up him for the whole of January because he is a confident skier isn't he I think he's one of those where he just he gets a good role and uh and it just sort of goes from strength to strength yeah do you reckon we're going to see from uh Yule this year because he had a shocker last year him and Dave did their little uh insta live uh when we finished recording the podcast last week that we had a a quick watch of uh, and and you was quite open with, with saying that yeah he, he definitely struggled a bit last year and he definitely wants it to be you know icier underfoot which hopefully it is this weekend uh, for him but yeah it was it was really strange because we had you know he'd had some massive wins mm. but then last year just could not get it together. There was some funny racing last year there wasn't there with the conditions. Yeah, conditions played a big part in last year I think. But um, he uh, he just. He wasn't. He he went the other way. I think he had a couple of bad results and then tried, you know, classic tried too hard and just looked looked a little awkward. Look, his stance seemed to get wider and wider as he became less uh, sure of his sort of solid stance that he normally has, and it just sort of like worked, overworked and overworked and overworked, and then before you know it, he's out the back and losing his top fifteen start. So. Um, I hope he gets back because he is a great skier to watch. And that two years ago is super consistent. It looked, it just, it was great. He was, he was the guy challenging, you, you know, Clement Noels and your Zenhoisens and stuff. And all of a sudden you had these, 
you know, another another name in the mix of, of slalom skiing as if it's not hard enough to try and pick a winner anyway. Um, but we also should have Billy and Laurie there as well. So good opportunity for those guys to kick off the season um, with some good start numbers. Obviously, tr- like we've already talked about, very tricky for them to get underway, but important to try and get those guys uh, consistently within w- within that top group and start the season start the season well, really. I mean, it's crazy what they've done with the slalom calendar this year. I'm, I'm actually just looking at it now because you mentioned um, Alta Badia. There's a double GS and there's no slalom there. Yeah, um, just realised There's that, a slalom yeah. in Madonna on the 22nd of December. Uh, the first slalom is Val d'Isere um, this coming weekend. Then there's one on the 22nd. And then come January, you've got Zagreb like midweek, then Adelboden, Wengen, Kitzbühel, Schladming, another midweek one. So you've got like, uh, was it six? Six yeah, within five, like five, five races. In within like three and a half weeks. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. They did, that, they did that last, they've done that for a couple of years now. I don't know what the, what the big push is, but all of a sudden you've got all the big slalom races. So you train, you train all year, 12 months of the year, and then all of your racing is done in a kind of four week period, not less than four week period. And if you're ill, you know, if you get COVID or oh, no. you know, who knows, or anything could happen and then that's it. You know, you'd, the way that, you know, the, the way that you, you need to be racing slalom in order to get, in order to, 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 to stay with a good start number. Yeah. You, you need to be kind of just nailing it that just, it's ridiculous. They've it got is, to be able to spread it out a bit more. It's just not, you know, it's not fair to have it like that. Yeah, I'd love to. Know, I'd actually love to know why they do it. But I guess, I guess, if you look at those, the way the calendar falls, I guess you've got Adelboden into Vengen, and obviously Adelboden's got GS, and then Vengen's got the downhills. So it's not. So there's and then yeah, the everyone wants a slalom. That's the thing. Everyone wants the slalom, and they all want them at that time. All so the they've got the classics yeah. at that time. Yeah, exactly. Schladming, Kitzbühel, Wengen, and Adelboden is certainly a classic when it comes to the, the tech events. So all of well, a sudden you put more slaloms on. Don't have so few slaloms. Just have more slaloms. If everyone wants them, it doesn't have to be fair, you know. No, but it they could do have we to be, about this. It doesn't have to be that, oh, you've got to have this number of slaloms and this number of downhills. Mm. After downhills get cancelled anyway and don't get made back up, just stick more slaloms on onto the schedule if that's what people want to watch anyway uh, no i like it i like it i think if you if you're going to do that because they put so much pressure they put a lot of um focus in on the overall but just make it a percentage make the points a percentage of how many starts there are so then you keep it even across the board and then it doesn't matter if you've got 15 slaloms and only eight downhills because they're worth the same wins yeah. worth same and all and then at least you're then keeping your uh, you know because they you know the big globe the the, the big the biggest but the big globe isn't the be all and end all. I mean, that's what the, you know, maybe that's what they need to kind of maybe go away from. Um, and even if it is, then, you know, some years it'll go one way, some years it'll go the other way. You know, you've just, you know, life's not necessarily fair. You know, that's when they, when they, when they, when they create the course for the Tour de France, you know, if they put in, you know, mountain stage finishes, it's going to help certain riders or if it doesn't seem to matter what they do with, uh, forgot you right right now um but yeah but that that's the way of it you know that's the way of sport yeah that's true you should should create the races for people to watch what are you gonna weigh in on this ben always more slalom said you know me um there's been too much downhill talk for uh, (laughs) this episode no but i I completely agree like I, i don't like that everything's packed together so closely you you pick up one slight injury and and you your, your season's ruined and we said last year you know it's because of the covid scheduling they had a, there was a reason why they did it they tried to keep the tours separate uh, as much as they could and those kind of things this year there's there's not really as much of an excuse so um you know let's I, yeah we've talked about how to kind of wait the points enough times and, and graham said it. if if people want more slaloms put them on try like it's down to fist to work out how to try and make the overall e- even. And if the best they can come up with is the same number of races, then they're, they're not working hard enough because there's mm. plenty of ways you could do it. 
Um, so, you know, I, I love watching Stalem. So I'd be like putting Night Stalem on every week in the season and I'd watch it. It would be perfect. But obviously, you know, Dave, Dave's back probably can handle that. But uh, I definitely enjoy watching it. Yeah. Well, that's one for Johan. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll hit him up and ask him. Yeah. One one last person we nearly forgot before we before we dash is a certain Mr. Charlie Raposo racing GS for GB. Do we think he is going to be able to crack this World Cup top 30? It's a mega, mega difficult one. And he's still going to be starting out towards the uh, 50s, I think, late 50s. Mm. Oh, he's, he's so close now. He's so close. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I mean, we've not had a male GS skier um, in modern times. I think the last male GS gear to get top 10, you have to go back. Uh, do you know this? Um, I, I I think, should I'm I know th- it? Yeah, I'm thinking Jeremy Palmer Tompkinson in 1968. No, I've not got that one. I've definitely not got that one. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to insult Ross Green by saying that he was from yesteryear. <laughs> um but yeah, so it, it, yeah, I think I'd love to see it, but I mean, he's high on confidence off the back of that parallel result. Didn't quite go, didn't quite manage to carry on that trajectory with uh, some Europa Cups. But you're in with a shout, but it's so it's so packed out. GS especially GS and like the tech events, the the 30s, so packed out that you've you've got to have the run of your life with zero mistakes, with the weather on your side, with the corset on your side, with uh, the wind blowing in the right direction. This could be this could be one of the ones with the fifty percent uh, attrition rate, and then well, that's another can... way of doing it, isn't it? You know, Get... be the one that makes it to the finish. Exactly, exactly. But um, we'll see. Have you anything to add, gents? Uh, hopefully, Marcel's picks are all rubbish. I'm so sure they won't add the thing. <laughs> I think I think by the time I've inputted them into the computer, they'll be rubbish. That's for sure. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time, and look forward to seeing what's happening this weekend. And until next time. Excellent. Cheers.